Hello and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast, theverge.com, uh, a multi-sensory media experience. Sure. Mostly, mostly it's just the one space. sense. It's yeah. just the hearing sense. It's not the other no, one. Verge.com is a multi-sensory. Experience. Oh yes, that's we're true. the hearing part. Of we're it. the hearing part. Right. Of it. Yeah, yeah. There's, okay. there's a visual. There's a visual. There's a distinct odor. <laughs> uh, what of intelligence and razor sharp wit? Anyway, I'm Neil Patel, I'm the editor in chief of The Verge. I got a whole crew in the studio with me today. This is great. This is more humans together. Yeah. Dieter is here. Hi. What's up? Do man? I sound better? Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, go with it. Things are good. Paul is here. Hello. Paul's usually here. So yeah. that's great. Most of the time. But Chris Plan is also here. Hi. What's up, man? <laughs> oh, nothing. Just, you know, <laughs> living my best life. What? Why do you sound? I, I am laughing. <laughs> if you're listening, we, we, we started the pre-show by commenting on Chris's wonderful ability to say hello in a very, like, friendly and, like, disarming way. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> now he's refusing to do it. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> now he just sounds like Mork from Mork and Mindy. What? That's what I think you sounded like. How old are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? That was a part of my youth. Oh wow. You don't know, like aliens? I don't know what you're talking about. JK. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also old. Robin Williams. Yeah. Anyway, this look. It's gonna get dark. <laughs> no, it's gonna be a great show. But okay. we're gonna start boring. Okay. okay. This is what I want the audience to know. There's a lot to talk about. But stick around for Microsoft and Nintendo. Chris and and, they, and and Paul are fired up about Nintendo news. That's right. But yeah. you have to wait for it. Okay. Now it's time for your vegetables. Yeah. Uh, I would like to specs? start with internet policy and patent law. <laughs> oh, no. Why am I here for every episode of this? It's because it's every episode. <laughs> oh, every <week>. gosh. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that the other day, I worked for maybe 15 minutes on a tweet that was going to incorporate you've got a friend in me but make it friend okay and, here's and, the and i did it <laughs> i did could, it pull it off you couldn't get there and, I would've, I would've but that's faved. the thing that's what i do every day is i restrain <laughs> myself on twitter oh yeah nobody I, had to see that i don't do that here's here's it. here's the problem okay i spent i would say all of 2012 and 2013 mm. writing about patents Smartphone patents. Mm-hmm. Then it was over. Apple and Samsung. They, I mean, that case is still going on. It was just in front of the Supreme Court. I mean, like, but it was like mostly over. Apple won. You know, all the settlements started happening, and then they were just arguing about who's going to pay who. But who cares, right? Mm-hmm. It's just dollars. That's like dollar amounts. It's not about the moral outrage of copying the iPhone. So I thought it was done. I was like, ah, I can write about some interesting stuff. Then the net neutrality fight happened, and I spent all of 2014 and 15 writing about internet policy, mm-hmm. which I was, I thought it was fun because I was all fired up. But then... It was done. Net neutrality passed. It was done. I know Paul was sad, mm-hmm. but I was happy, so that was cool for me. Yeah. And I, th- I was like, great, we're going to write about some stuff. Now it's 2017, and literally every day there is Apple versus Qualcomm patent news or more net neutrality news. Wait, do you think you're being punished because you clearly didn't do anything during 2016? Yeah, 2016, <laughs> I just, I just like, skated. I was wondering. Yeah, I just hung back. Maybe this is like a desperate plea by the tech industry for more opinion pieces by Neelai Patel. <laughs> That's what they want. <laughs> uh, so I, so the, the net neutrality stuff is like, it's basically just news updates, so we can do that real fast. So the Internet Association, which represents... Google, Facebook, Netflix, a bunch of other companies, 
sat down in front of the chairman of the FCC, Ajit Pai, and said, don't, don't screw this up. We need net neutrality. Our businesses depend on it. We know that you generally side with the, tel- tel- uh, the, the telcos, Verizon, Comcast, whatever, um, but don't screw it up. But they backed off. Like They don't care if it's Title II or not. They want it's like four things. They want it's, no paid prioritization. Uh, they want no blocking. They want the FCC to stay in charge of it. There's something else, but it's basically a capitulation. We yeah, know like, you're going to screw this up. Like you know, we're, we're backing away from the thing that we wanted. We won, but don't mess with it. So that's like one big piece of news. Yeah. So if you're hoping that you know Netflix, Google, Apple, Amazon, whoever this is in this association, are like going to be your net neutrality champion because they wrote a letter and they don't like what the, what the you know what Ajapai wants to do like they're not actually asking for m- much <laughs> yeah then so that like that's like the most recent thing that happened but then over the past i don't know 4 days uh pi has been like taking these meetings so he met with the big companies but he also met with the telecom companies and he basically laid out a plan and if you pay attention to like how news happens that meeting and the plan laid out in it was leaked in almost exact fashion to like three different news services. Almost like it was supposed to happen yeah. that way. <laughs> almost like a coordinated release of information happened. And the plan is insane. Like I just I just want to put this out. You can have a plan. I think that's fine. But his plan is we'll get rid of net neutrality in the law and then I'll get the internet providers of America to put the rules in their terms of service agreements and then everything will be fine. Now, I, I I confess. Yeah. I don't know as much about this as really anybody in this room. Yeah. But I read your article about it. Mm-hmm. I I have a different opinion. Yeah. Only because so like some people like read books mm-hmm. and other people like enjoy watching streaming shows. Yeah. All of my free time is spent reading Terms of Service. Mm, yeah. So, like, yeah, for somebody no. like me, <laughs> this great. is big. Yeah. I'm going to be reading Terms of Service. I'm going to have so much to read forever. Well, no, yes. and the good news you're is you're constantly when, when you're updating reading, iTunes to read the new Terms of yeah. Service. When yeah. you're reading the Terms of Service and you come across something from your internet provider that you don't like, you've got like six or seven other internet providers that you could choose to give your money for high speed access to. Because there's like there's real <laughs> genuine competition yeah. for high speed internet access, and so you can just pick whichever one has the best terms of service. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how that's going to work. Normal. That's yeah. great. Now you hurt me. Now, now, you, now you're talking about how I'm still stuck with Time One. <laughs> and there's even a good local one in Austin, but they stop like three blocks away from the house. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding? It's I'll, so look, good. Dude, go mono price. Get like a 200 foot Ethernet cable. <laughs> oh, you, like, this is a, a good idea. Pringle cans. This is mono price's new business. Oh, I, I am like you joke, but like they stand at the border of the good internet company. Everybody in the neighborhood is going to be on like the neighborhood Facebook, being like, "What's up with this new Ethernet port running through all our yards?" So I'm gonna be like, "Shh, don't nobody, yeah. nobody say anything." Um. Anyway, but that's his plan. The plan, like I, all I'm saying is, most people don't read these terms of service agreements. We have covered so many times when like Instagram changes its terms of service agreement, and then there's like outrage. And people do insane things because they don't understand them. But then Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, whatever, never actually change it. Like the outrage will happen. There's a hashtag campaign. Various Kardashians get involved. And Instagram's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to stop using Instagram? And everyone's like, no, we're just going to 
we're just going to be annoying on it for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and then they don't change it. So it's not like terms of even when there is like competition, <clears throat> they don't change. So uh, this is the plan, and I, it just seems like oh, and if you start a new internet company, which is Pi's whole thing, like that's his idealistic vision. I'm going to reduce all the regulations. We're going to make it so you can make more money on networks that will provide incentives for people to start more networks. That I mean, idealistically, that's what he wants, and that's as a policy is fine. But if you start a new internet company, why do you have to follow the rules? So it's just a very confusing moment in terms of policymaking. He's like, I'm going to say everyone should make this promise, and then everyone will, which doesn't make any sense. And then everyone who f- comes after me for generations will know to make this promise. Let me know, am, am I understanding your read on this right? Your idea would be like, okay, the law of the land is don't murder fools. Yeah. But what if somebody was like, I don't like it as a law, but what if don't murder fools was just like the terms of service for going into Walmart and every other place? It's more like, I mean, literally this comes down to like the the philosophic basis for law. Like, should there only be norms in a society or should there be codified law? Well, I mean, I stand, with, I stand with Hammurabi on that one. Right? It's like very confusing. <laughs> well, this is, but this isn't law. This is regulation. Laws are regulations. There's a regulation in this country against killing people. There's a regulation in every state. Except state for of, the one day of the year, that is. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on that day, net neutrality is the law. And the purge is the law. It keeps you, know? you inside because you can just download all the stuff without prioritization. But if you go outside, you get purged. Wow. When you put it like that, the purge doesn't sound so bad. There's no difference between a law and a regulation. It's, it's, it's a nonsensical ways, de- the, definition. The way that it, it has been implemented and that we've arrived at this, like the whole problem and the back and forth and this weirdness of the FCC and the FTC and the reason Congress had to try to like to change what the privacy thing is and like all this work and, and, and movement around is because the FCC, a regulatory agency that was set up by Congress, decided to expand its power and scope by reclassifying something. No, but that's no. its power. Yeah. It, it, but that it, is it, the it power did expand that it its has. scope. It, it, it used the scope that was give, we don't need to relitigate this. Yeah. Although we're not actually talking about laws here. We're talking about <laughs> yeah, philosophy. Right? So we're not going to litigate the window. It. Like the, 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 <laughs> the fundamental question that the head of the FCC is asking America is do you think there should be laws or should we all just make promises to each other and assume it'll be fine? Should the internet work how it worked before it was reclassified, which seemed to be doing pretty good, or should we keep trying to fix the problems that have been brought up by this? Or do we take the norms and turn them into laws? Title II is like, hey, you are now protected monopolies. The FTC has no oversight over you. And now the FCC has to figure out how to be the FTC for internet companies. Well, I disagree on that part, but I think yeah. the Title II debate was all about was about do we take the norms for how the internet has been working, recognize that access competition is low, and turn those norms into laws. And I would also I also disagree with you on like, but like the internet the idea was fine that before Title II. We were geeky... heading down a bad path, and then we turned off. And now we're like back on the freeway. Like, sure, we like we like took an exit to like McDonald's here. and like had a had a really nice Sunday, 
Yeah. And then now we're getting back on the road to to uh, hell. Right. I'm sorry, do you get to murder people at this McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, the purge God. McDonald's. I will say, can I say this? But that's but, but I would say for our tech podcast to now be at the level of should we trust the internet companies to follow norms in the absence of competition or should there be laws is crazy town. Right? Like now we're having a legal a, like a legal philosophy debate. I mean, we could have it. Policy we, we don't all agree yeah. on that. No, we don't all agree. But it's yeah. just that's where we are in terms of the net neutrality fight yeah. right now. I mean, I, I will say this. One, I like it. I like the <laughs> debate. Yeah. But two, I like I like that Paul is here. Like, I, 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 I love we, talking we, to Paul. No, I know. But, like, we hear, we hear this debate. And I always, like, whenever I listen, I'm like, poor Paul. But also brave Paul. Because <laughs> to, like, come into a room and, uh, and be the other side – Usually, it seems like with this debate in our community, there isn't the other side. There's the so, other Paul. Uh, Paul is the only person who routinely advocates for the other side who I don't believe is crazy. Yeah, I've, I, I've I, met a lot of the other people, and they're all either paid for by telecom companies. Paul, disclaimer: I was <laughs> Comcast. <at> one time <laughs> employed by an internet service provider of sorts. Yeah. Yes. But it was a good one. Also, and Comcast in, invested in yeah. our company, so in a sense... No, that's not true. Okay, I take it back. Wait, Comcast not true in our company. Well, they're invested yes. in our parent company. <laughs> that's the dis- the Comcast, disclosure. Comcast has money they don't everywhere. They do not pay us. <laughs> they don't pay us. It, certainly Comcast is not paying for my personal say, coverage of this issue. <laughs> full disclosure, they're not getting their money's worth. Full disclosure, I do have a choice between Fios and... And optimum at my uh, current apartment. Yeah, so Paul is just living the life. Yeah, because every day he's calling the FiOS people, and he's like, "He would change those terms of service. Make, make me a deal. <laughs> I'm going optimum." Anyway, that's where we are with that. There's no like big news. I just wanted to point out that literally the 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 window of the conversation is not necessarily about the policy right now because Pi wants the policy to exist. He wants the this, the place the internet is now without paid prioritization and blocking and all that stuff. Mm. He, he's fine with that. He just thinks the rules should be gone formally. Right, well, and, and he thinks the internet service providers should promise their customers they won't do it. Because this is so complicated of what how it will actually go down with the government, and that's hard for me to follow all, all the time. I'll just make yeah. my stance clear, which is I think been fairly consistent, is that I love net neutrality. As a norm, mm-hmm. as as a as a good, I think business plan, and as a good way to work, but I don't think the government should force a company to adhere to it. Right, and I think other like reasonable laws, like don't spy on your customers, uh, can be applied to internet companies in the same way that they're applied to other companies. Uh, so I mean that's that's basically where I'm at. I'm not. It's funny because it's not even that that like gets me. It's this idea that like you can get Comcast and AT and T and Verizon and Spectrum and RCN and my tiny little cable company in upstate New York, Mid Hudson Cable, in a room mm -hmm. and have them all agree to the same language in their term of service provision. Mm -hmm. That is just like hopelessly idealistic. It sounds like an end around. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't seem like the right choice. Endarounding. Yeah. It does sound like an end round. Yeah, whatever that is. Whatever that f- doomed idea is. But that's where we are with that. Okay, I prom- we're going to do the quick one more quick boring thing. No, go ahead. I love boring stuff. I'm already asleep. I know it's boring, but it, to me, 
No, to like our listeners, and they're the people I care about. Well, they're just in their cars, driving along the road. Doing it for you. Yeah. The road, which I would point out, is heavily regulated by the government. <laughs> Not when you pull off to murder <laughs> McDonald's, though, and get yourself a little On the weird private murder road. Yeah. Um, or you could go on the for-profit toll highway, which is a much faster way to get from Colorado Springs to the Denver airport. Can I just What's briefly say that right um, the stock pixels call thing is getting better and better. I had a call earlier today that was like um, like potential spam and I was like, well, I don't have to answer that. And if you're in your car, just rang and my whole screen turned like bright, bright yeah. danger red and it just said survey. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not answering that either. It's great. It's funny that they picked red because what if it's like Russia? <laughs> <laughs> like what if it's like only you can stop it? You're like, oh, red. That must be a survey. <laughs> no bombs today, thanks. Survey should be bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't answer. <laughs> anyway, the other thing that's happening, and I just want to point out, because I think it's huge, and it's so complicated that I've spent three days trying to figure out exactly what's happening, and I can't. I'm still working it through. Apple sued Qualcomm. Qualcomm sued Apple back. They just filed the, their lawsuit a couple days ago. The FTC also sued Qualcomm a while back. They did it in the last weeks of the Obama administration. I was tweeting, I was reading all the filings. I was tweeting about them. Qualcomm's general counsel called me on the phone to yell at me. Hmm. Uh, Apple and Qualcomm hate each other. I didn't know that before. Wait. They hate each oh, other. Oh, deep, How could deep you visceral not... hate. No, 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 no. Apple is like one of Qualcomm's biggest customers. They shouldn't hate each other. They should just be making piles of money together. They are making piles of money together. We can still hate each other. And they're other. arguing over who gets uh, to like push the piles Apple, around. Apple, in its patent filing, described Qualcomm's business as a scheme of relentless extortion, which is crazy. Yeah. Hmm. So Qualcomm has all these patents on CDMA chips, on the CDMA technology. They, they basically invented that stack that Verizon runs on, uh, Verizon 3G runs on. They invented a ton of the LTE stack. So they have a bunch of patents on LTE. They make some of the only modems that can go fast enough. They sell the modems to Apple, but they don't license the patents to Apple. They license the patents to Apple's contract manufacturers like Pegatron and Foxconn. I did not know about Which is insanity. Um, The FTC sued Qualcomm and said, this is really wonky. Just go with me on this. Mm -hmm. Are you going to use Fran? Not Fran? Not Fran yet. Is it Fran time? Not Fran yet. Yeah, I made a Fran reference really early in the podcast. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You got a Fran. There it is. That's the same. But I'm waiting for the payoff. Okay, I'll do the payoff first. I'll do the other thing. Fran, it's it's literally like a throwback. We've done this on this podcast. We should just find all the old Fran podcasts. Um, If you you contribute to the standard, Everyone recognizes that you. the point of the standard is everyone can make stuff that connects to the standard, right? Yeah. That's why you have a standard. But if you invented the standard, then you have a ton of control, and you get to make money from the standard. So there's rules. The standards organization say, well, if you're going to contribute patents to the standard or technologies that are patented to the standard, you have to license your patents to everybody on fair, reasonable, non-discriminatory terms. Friends. Okay. Frant? Friends. Frere. No, it's easy to remember because Fair, Fran, reasonable, and non-discriminatory. Yes, as in like Fran Drescher, <laughs> who yeah. is deeply likable and treats everybody equally. Yeah. It's easy to remember. She Fran Drescher, the nanny. Yeah, the yeah. nanny. In nanny terms. Okay. What's Fran Drescher doing these things? Wow, nanny state, am I right? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, the FTC <laughs> sued uh, Qualcomm because Qualcomm 
under the patent, uh, the doctrine of patent exhaustion, when they sell you the chips, the money has been made. They've already made the patent stuff and they made the money on it. They can't demand a license to the patents. Yeah, because they still you have the stuff. thing. Just like when you buy a car as a consumer, the car's full of patented stuff. Or you buy a phone, the phone's full of patented stuff. You don't then need a patent license to use the thing. So the FTC says, well, you have this policy where you demand a license to sell the chips. That's illegal. So the FTC sues them. Mm-hmm. Apple sues them, saying scheme of relentless extortion because of this thing. I'm like, oh, see, F- FTC is right. They had that idea all on their own, and yes. we're going to sue you too. Qualcomm sues <laughs> Apple back, says, you've been illegally goading governments around the world into, into suing us for unfair competition practices against violating an agreement we had with you, Apple, literally titled the Cooperation Agreement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I always get a cooperation uh, agreement. And then, this is, this is why the general counsel of Qualcomm called me. They snuck in one more claim, which is... Insanity, but I think they did it to get headlines and said, well, when the iPhone 7 came out, some of them, the ones at AT&T and the unlocked ones, had Intel modems, the GSM ones, basically. And the ones for Verizon had Qualcomm modems, which is Apple switch suppliers. Why they switch suppliers? Cooperation agreement ended. See, I'm getting all worked up. Also, they didn't mm. sue. They didn't happen to have sued Qualcomm yeah. until they switched suppliers. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> well, well, Dieter, our cooperation agreement is about to come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Apple, when they put out the thing, people discover they have two modems. Mm-hmm. Bloomberg says, are there any differences in these modems? Apple said that there's no discernible difference. We've done tons of tests. They should be the same. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they, they say they are the same. There's no discernible difference. They do not use the word should. Right. Then people actually do the test. Qualcomm modem has been capped. So it's much faster than the Intel modem, but Apple software limited it to make it seem like the Intel modem. They put a but, governor on it. But it's still so much better that it, particularly at low network uh, connectivity levels, it's better. So it's just a better thing. Qualcomm, in its lawsuit, this big multifaceted lawsuit, says, well, you harmed consumers by lying about our modem. And if you had told the truth about how much better our modem was in the iPhone 7, consumers would have demanded the superior Qualcomm product. So, so Qualcomm is, inter- is, is creating a class action oh, for So consumers, they're saying right? customers would have demanded the superior Qualcomm product, and then we would have made more money. We would because, have made more money, right. which is insane, just insane. <laughs> insane. Uh, but they hate each other. Like, I have never heard these two – like – even Apple and Samsung like, hated each other, but Apple would be like, you know, Samsung's a value supplier. We just want them to stop copying. Here, they're like, we hate you. Like, straight up, we hate you. We don't want to use your stuff. We want to switch to Intel. We don't want to pay these license fees. We hate it all. And Qualcomm's like, Apple is running around the world lying to people about us. Like, that is their claim. <laughs> Did you hear what he said yeah. about Literally, these claims are so complicated that they involve the Chinese government suing uh, Qualcomm. In the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Korean government suing Qualcomm, uh, statements Apple made to the Korean trade regulator, regulator in response to questions, and Qualcomm says their agreements with Apple supersede Apple's obligations to respond to the Korean government. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, then Qualcomm and Meizu are involved in some litigation in China, and Apple responded to some of that. Qualcomm is like, you breached our agreement because you are involved in this Meizu litigation. Uh, Apple says none of your patents even are valid because you put them up in the in this other Chinese lawsuit, so they're not valid. United States. It's bonkers. I, I have a general uh, 
like a knee jerk dislike and skepticism of software patents. Yeah. But I will say, looking into how LTE works, it is not simple. Is it not simple? No. It is, it is like basic. I mean, if you imagine, like imagine in the s- simplest model of how radios work, they're just waves and they're bouncing everywhere. Yeah. And these phones are decoding one for me, one for me right now, mm-hmm. one for Dieter, one for you, one for Chris. Like they, they are doing so much processing, it's absurd, and it's like like it's like hacking yeah. the Germans every five <laughs> seconds. What was that? The Enigma. Yeah. yeah. Weird time to go to the Germans. I'm saying. Literally, only country not involved in this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'll get there. Uh, yeah, they'll get there. Um, no, you're right. I mean, it's like the the it's literally the state of the art. It's not easy to do. Qualcomm did invent a bunch of it. Right. There's a there's pages and pages in their filing. I just don't know the detail, for. the wonky invention of CDMA. Right. Um, but which like, is fun to read if you're into it. Apple. Uh, so first of all, the two th- like at a outside of all the details, going back to what we said at the beginning. This seems like these two companies are just making unbelievable piles of money, and then they have big giant sticks that they use to push the money around between each other and like yeah. divvy it up a little bit. There's a chart, and then there was a little bit of p- pushing and shoving on the sticks, and like Qualcomm like reached over and pulled over an extra bag of money, and now they're just hitting each other with the sticks, and yeah. that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, literally, there's a chart in Apple's filing, which I love because it's so confusing. Mm. And Apple, it's like under the heading of this chart illustrates the scheme of relentless extortion. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the Apple logo and a Qualcomm logo and like <laughs> Acronyms. circular arrows like between them <laughs> and then lines down between and then boxes that say things like rebate equals dollar sign. Oh, no, that's better. It's a lot <laughs> of like, like hang on. SQ8. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't this boil down yeah, to yeah, sure. Apple went to Qualcomm and said, hey, you're double dipping. And then Qualcomm went to Apple and said, "You weren't supposed to tell anybody we're double dipping." Basically, and now they're and that's that. Those are the lawsuits. One of the basic claims against Qualcomm is that they would charge manufacturers a, a, a license fee even when they weren't using Qualcomm. Right. Products. So right. no one else, no other company can make as many modems as Qualcomm, right? Or as high performing modems as Qualcomm. So at the top end of the industry, you're kind of locked into Qualcomm's modem. Unless you're Apple and you buy Qualcomm's modem and decrease its performance right. so that you can also use the Intel modem. So Qualcomm knows that. they, With all the manufacturers, like Foxconn has a license to, uh, to Qualcomm's patents. So they're paying that license fee whether they ship the Qualcomm chip or they ship the Intel chip. Oh, here's another thing I didn't know. Apple buys the phones from Foxconn. So we think of Foxconn as like the company that puts the things together. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Apple buys each phone from Foxconn, which yeah, I never that's understood. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's, it's just like a weird little fact that's buried in these lawsuits. But if, Qualc- if Foxconn uses Intel chips, they still have to pay the license, even though Intel probably already paid the license, and even though Qualcomm didn't do anything. I have a question. So there was a quote. And if they don't pay the license, they can't get Qualcomm chips. So there's yeah. a lot of this double dipping. And so Apple got mad. And the rebate equals dollar sign is, they said, well, this is stupid. And Qualcomm said, well, if you agree to just use our chips, we'll just rebate you the royalty fees that you're paying. So Apple pays the money to Foxconn. Foxconn pays the money to Qualcomm. Qualcomm pays the money back to Apple, which is insanity. 
Yeah. I got to get in that loop. Yeah. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, uh, they just settled with uh, BlackBerry, and Qualcomm is paying BlackBerry $880 million. Yeah, almost, yeah. $800 million. Which, like, it, wow. BlackBerry probably made more money off of Qualcomm being uh, bad at, at patents than <laughs> they did on actually selling phones. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's unclear what specifically the complaint was there because it, right. it was an arbitration. Yeah. So, so, and it's Canadian law, which we all know is based on politeness. <laughs> <laughs> and apologizing. <laughs> so there's a line that you tweeted from Qualcomm that it was like, our fees are totally reasonable. They're like substantially less. I forget the exact yeah, word. Yeah, per phone, they're less than an iPhone case. They, they, they That's said a lot of money. A lot le- yeah. they, they said a lot less or substantially yeah. less, right? Than a plastic iPhone case. Not even one of your fancy leather cases. So that's like $30? Yeah. Right? So what do, do does anybody know... What we're talking like if I buy a seven hundred dollar iPhone, how much of that was? Oh, this is another thing. A Qualcomm. Man, I am so deep in this hole, and I said it was boring, and I said it'd be fast, but we're just deep in the hole. Mm. We're gonna get to that Nintendo stuff. No, no, no. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the show, Chris. Apple's uh, Qualcomm's fees are based on the consumer (laughs) selling price of the phone, which is crazy. Mm. At least Apple says it's crazy. I also think it's a little crazy. But if you buy a sixty four gig iPhone. Apple pays less in patent royalties what? to Qualcomm than if you buy a 128 gig phone. But they have the same modem. They have the same part in it. This is amazing. Right? If you buy a $100 like prepaid LTE phone, Qualcomm gets less money, mm-hmm. even though it like, generally has the same part. And fundamentally, they're using the same patents. Yeah. So Apple's like, this is insanity. Like, as a price of our phone goes up, as we invent more stuff... And like put more stuff in the modem, right? Or in the phone. Oh, that's the, the other thing. The, same that, the other thing that's in Qualcomm suit is they like they basically like took credit for like Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's like, that's like everybody does that. Yeah. They're like, we made the internet, yeah. so Snapchat, you belong to us. <laughs> yeah. This kind of just sounds like. Do you remember that time that the Terminator made all that money off the Terminator? Mm-hmm. Like when Arnold Schwarzenegger like made more money than Terminator Three, I think it was whichever like the one where he came back. And it happened, and, like, all of Hollywood looked at the contract, and they were like, oh, it turns out the entire system doesn't make sense. (laughs) And all it took was, like, a really good agent slash contract writer to, like, see through the bull crud and, like, be like, oh, I could just exploit this and then make a ton of money. And then Schwarzenegger, like, made a ton of money, and then everybody learned, and then they, like, didn't make that mistake again. This sounds like that. It sounds like somebody was really, really good at contract writing, and now people are stuck in it. It's like that, except the only actor on the planet is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, 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 100%. (laughs) But it sounds like there was a really good contract, and now people are like, like Jean-Claude Van Damme is like, I sell slower modems, huh? Intel and Jean-Claude Van Damme and Qualcomm. (laughs) Intel is like Paul Rudd. Wow. I love like Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah everybody Paul likes Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's really Look, nice. That's I an mean, Ant-Man? Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the Terminator versus Ant-Man yeah. is what you've just set up. That's All right. about right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, he's so not that, best so known for Ant-Man. Oh, my gosh. He's best known for the fit he throws in uh, Wet, Wet Hot, Hot American Summer. Summer. Yeah. That's the most important Paul Rudd. I yeah. mean, I would pay him at least like two iPhone cases worth (laughs) (laughs) just to keep that floating around in my brain. What is the secret of a well-groomed guy? The art of shaving. 
founded in New York in 1996, <laughs> so long ago. The Art of Shaving has been helping guys look their best for over 20 years. The Art of Shaving has your total routine covered, whether it's shaving, beard maintenance, hair, skin, body, fragrance, whatever else. The Art of Shaving's award-winning products are familiar with the highest quality botanical ingredients featuring pure essential oils. The four elements of the perfect shave have been created to deliver smooth results every day. You start by prepping your skin with their signature pre-shave oil. Then you create a thick, foamy lather with shaving cream applied with a handcrafted badger hairbrush. Then you shave. Then you replenish your moisture with their aftershave balm. Finish off the perfect shave with one of five new fragrances. Sandalwood and Cypress. Oud suede, vetiver citron, green lavender, and coriander and cardamom. Each cologne has been carefully assembled for a distinctive scent. The Art of Shaving offers a convenient replenishment service that allows you to save on your favorite products while never having to worry about running out. So, listeners receive 15% off their first order. You get free shipping by using the promo code VERGE. To get this offer, go to theartofshaving.com and use a special promo code VERGE to get 15% off your first order and you get free shipping. That's author code VERGE, V-E-R-G-E, at theartofshaving.com. I encourage you to do this, to order Oud Suede, and then tweet at us and tell us what on earth that smells like and how it's different than Suede, because it's Oud. Sounds Oud. All right, you got your money's worth out of shaving. Tell me about Microsoft, Dieter. This is a bunch of Microsoft stuff. Uh, They uh, had already given us, like, final specs on what Project Scorpio, their next console, is going to be. And then we saw the de- what the dev kit looks like, which looks like a really tall Xbox One S. And then but it's got those like buttons on the front. It's got some buttons, and it's got it tells you your frame rate, got a display. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, yeah. And then they finally announced when they're going to sh- announce it and like show us the console, and it's at eighty three. Yeah, yeah. That's, so not that's too what's going surprising. On. Yeah. Uh, it's like a little surprising. Is Xbox, is Xbox, are they still in the game? We've written a couple things, like the PS4 is so far ahead. I have some <sighs> I have some theories yeah. about what I think is going to happen. Okay. I think they have to have a like, oh, and by the way, it does this thing. Like that was kind of their thing with Xbox One originally, right? Like they were so caught up in the by the way that they like kind of forgot to talk about the games when they launched it. But they're like, they started with like, by the way, you plug in your cable to it because we know that you love cable. <laughs> and in like this guide kind of connects your cable and like down the road we would like it to connect your streaming apps, which is like this like unicorn everybody's been chasing ever since. Yeah, we wrote a whole feature about this. Yeah, and like no good luck, uh, that's not going to happen yeah. anytime soon. Uh so they've like it seems like given up on that, right? Absolutely. And then, they so, all those people are gone. So Two you uh, about a year and a half ago, I went over there and met with him, and like was like, "Hey, what's your plan?" And they gave me this whole spiel about like we're going to be releasing incremental hardware. That was one part. Yep. And uh, they've done that, by the way. It, they it, put out the one S, and they put the one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, like they're they're doing a good job of putting out a console almost every year or every year for the hell. Of yeah, it. and really, Scorpio may be like the first version. I would not be surprised. if Maybe even something a little more modular happened even further down the line. Ooh. Uh, and we'll see. But Ooh. the other thing they said was, "Hey, like people love Xbox. At least they did before the Xbox One. And like people don't really have such warm feelings about Windows. Ironically, in the kind of like fourteen months since this, I think that's kind of the opposite. Um, but they they were kind of vibing in that at the time, and they were like." 
we're going to really start bringing Windows and Xbox together. So, like, you'll be able to buy some games on Xbox, and they'll just play on your Windows device and Xbox Anywhere. Like, Windows 10, it works on everything. Your Xbox is kind of like Windows 10. And I would not be surprised if the big, like, oh, by the way, is, oh, by the way, plug a keyboard into this, and it's a computer. Yeah, so it's like the ultimate and, and, Steam and, machine. And, play. and this is just a PC now. If you spend a little dollar, a little bit more money, and hey, are you a college kid going off to off to school? Get this, you're gonna have the best games, and also it runs Word. Like, the, and that's so boring, and it's such a Microsoft thing to think <laughs> that everybody like they're gonna say it at like E3, and, and like they're gonna be like. You're going to, like, turn around and look at the teleprompter, and it's going to say, hold for the biggest applause ever. <laughs> but it's just going to be, like, quiet in the room. <laughs> but, like, I I think I think that has to be the end goal is, like, them bringing Xbox becoming a platform. Because it's there, not— It already a, is a platform. No, but I mean, like, Xbox becoming Steam. Yeah, like, right. that's, that's what they want. That's what they want. Because—and it's not a bad idea because you're—is Sony going to win this, like, console area— yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, good luck catching up, and, and that's like not the the. I think the big reason that is is Sony like one got really lucky, and the exclusives that it decided to make actually shipped, and Microsoft had to cancel a, a large number of theirs. Um, and we can we'll save the very in, like niche reasons why that might have been, but the other thing is like. Sony took Microsoft's playbook that was brilliant from the Xbox 360 era, which was, hey, if your friend has the console, you're probably going to buy that one. Yeah. So don't worry about uh, spending money on you know, DLC exclusives. Get like that multiplayer map two months early. Mm-hmm. And they like, spent it in so many places, number one being Destiny. Uh, and now they like ended up taking the Call of Duty thing, which Microsoft had held on to for so long. They have Destiny 2 coming up. And like... That's how you win this generation. A whole bunch of people bought PlayStations early, and a whole bunch of people are going to continue to buy PlayStations, even if they're not the most powerful console, because where are you going to play with your friends? Yeah. So, like, you, you can't get behind in these generations anymore. But that said, as we move away from consoles and we move into this idea of platforms, the best place to be will probably be the place that lets you own your games in perpetuity, and they get better every year if you want to spend more and more money on it. And they work on pretty much everything you own, and that is where Microsoft has its strengths. Like, Sony won't be able to compete there. So, did Sony, like, crush them this this era? (laughs) Does it certainly, in 2017, will it be like, wow, Sony really blew them out? At least in the first half, like, it was rough. But, like, I have a feeling that at the very high offices of Microsoft, I'm sure there's some sense of, like, eh, like this, this this is embarrassing for us, but like our our plan is like such a like six to seven year plan right now. Like we don't even need to. We're we're so invested in the long game that we can cancel these games. Like it doesn't matter if they don't come out. I don't even know like how like honestly interested they are in like first party stuff. I like yeah. the fact that they canceled so much stuff and they only have like three games what, announced what right now. What are they canceled? Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember them. Well, they they started Project Spark. Oh and they, yeah, and they God. canceled that. They had Scalebound. Uh, do you remember this? It was a JRPG, and they canceled they canceled this game. 
I think this this Steam comparison is really interesting because of all the stuff Microsoft's doing for backwards compatibility, and I know that's something that is a real big uh, like win with PC games because I have a Steam library, and some of those games I bought like I don't know five years ago yeah. or longer, and they still work. Yeah, and and it's really easy. You just go to your games library and you click on it and then it downloads and then you play it. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like really obvious, but that's not really how consoles have been. It's yeah. like, well, I want to play a PS3 game. Yeah. Well, I have to unplug the PS4 from the HDMI and then I have to plug the PS3 in and I have to go to my old shoebox that has the PS3 games in it. You know, like, so if, if Microsoft could do Steam, that would be... That'd be great. They also are doing a lot, like the new Windows 10 creators update. They're yeah, like yeah. really into this Xbox. App. But there's a bunch of people in like the games industry that see very clearly that this is what Microsoft wants to do, and and like be Steam, and they're like, oh, so they want to control everything. Everything will die. Microsoft will be in charge because they have really bad policies on their Windows Store. And so say goodbye to your future as a freedom-loving video game player because we just all live in uh, Sachi's house now. Isn't it uh, Tim Sweeney from – no, who is it? Who's the guy at Epic? Yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's the one I'm, I'm like channeling just, right now. Just, just freaked out about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, but Steam already is that kind of. <laughs> yeah. What what would be amazing? Well, what you want is get, for Steam to change its terms of service, and then you compare them I directly to Microsoft's terms of service. I want to install shot. Steam mm-hmm. on my Scorpio right next to my copy of Word. Chris Plant, please do this for me. <laughs> well, no, if that, it that, is that just is a PC, that is something I'm curious about. Is I, so I think this Word idea. I I don't think they care about running Word. They they're not going to tell College Kid you can run Word on your Xbox. Like College Kids have like. Have you met Laptop. Microsoft? <laughs> I, I have, don't think you get have, this. Have you, have you met an 18-year-old trying to convince his parents to buy him a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. word on our TV? They have laptops. They have phones. They use word on your phone. Mm-hmm. You can do that now. Yeah. All your papers are going to be terrible. Got it. <laughs> uh, th- what they need is all the ancillary media apps. Because I think they still want to do this like home media center thing. They want to increase the the base of that Windows Store. They want apps. Oh yeah, I I I, I think yeah. you're right there. I I don't know if I'm convinced that they still think they're the center of the home. I think well, I I think it's both in a weird way. I th- I think they're just I think I think they think everything is a computer. I feel like they got away from their safe place, which yeah. is like PCs, and they're yeah. like, what did we do wrong? W- what do we know? PCs, put PCs in the living room, and they're like, yeah. oh, now we're now we're cooking with gas. Yeah. Which well, you, so, like, by the way, you. <laughs> your Steam on uh, Scorpio Dream isn't going to happen, and it's related to, uh, I think, the May 2nd event where Microsoft is expected to focus on education and on this thing that Tom Warren has been writing about called uh, Windows 10 Cloud. It's Windows 10 in the cloud. I don't know if you know about the cloud. Mm. <laughs> If, you know if what? I've heard of I'm the just cloud. saying, Ever if the Xbox is just, you hey, look, it's just Windows, it's not going to be just Windows like you know Windows. It's going to be just Windows that runs Windows Store apps. It's going to be, you know, the next generation of WinRT. Uh, I was going to make a different WinRT. Because that's worked so well for them so far. 
Uh, well, they, they haven't had Windows Have you OT. met Microsoft? Um, <laughs> this entire conversation boils down to one of us <laughs> recognizing that this yeah. idea doesn't work. And then Microsoft everyone else doing realizing. We actually don't have time for me to get into it, but I actually am I'm wildly fascinated by uh, by Windows 10 Cloud. Well, no, so the thing and is, there's this big no, argument. I'm going to write. I'm going to write it. We can't we can't waste it on the podcast. But you Okay, well, you now I have a deadline. Okay. You, have to write, you publish it by tomorrow. Wow. Because people can't, they're not going to hear the podcast. Uh, well, I guess we're not so, going out for a drink tonight then. <laughs> Damn it. But I really want him to. <laughs> tell me. Tell, I like drinking. Tell to me. <laughs> I'll just, okay. I'll, I'll write it for a while. Here's, here's a hint. Just give me a verbal here's, tweet. Here's a hint. A verbal tweet. <laughs> you can get a really, really, really good computer that like feels amazing and fast for around $500. If you buy one that it's runs an Chrome OS, no. <laughs> it will run native Android apps pretty soon. And it runs Chrome, which runs really good web apps. If you buy one called an iPad, it doesn't have as many <laughs> good education things as Chrome OS, but it has way better apps. It's not as good multitasking, but maybe they could fix that. If you want to buy a Windows PC in that zone, you're fucked. But not if they actually managed to successfully get Windows 10 Cloud to happen. And so all of the action, all of the action in computers that aren't phones right now are, can we make an operating system that hits the sweet spot of like lightweight, fast, and runs just enough apps and is just powerful enough to do stuff to make you like think of it as a full computer and... S- Put it on hardware that runs on an ARM processor that costs somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five hundred dollars. And the, the okay. argument underneath it, the and data point underneath it is depending on how you measure, the PC market grew. Right. The PC market. The PC market grew because of Chromebooks. Yeah. Right. So here's the other thing I find interesting about this theory in relation to it's Microsoft. Not theory, and it's it, fact, motherfucker. Yeah, full fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking about it with, with Xbox, my friend. Facts are kind of like theories. Yeah. There's like terms of service that we all agree on. Yeah. 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 That's what reality okay. is. So, As gentlemen, we agree not to prioritize one another's traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so a problem with the Xbox when it came out, right? Yeah. Was a double whammy of they were like Hey, it's a video game console. Oh, I thought you were referring to the dimensions of the size of the box. It was oh, a double was, whammy. It was by a triple whammy. whammy. <laughs> it was a double by triple. Um, was so they're like, oh, it's a game machine, but also we we want you to be able to run apps at the exact same time. So essentially, you're running two OSs. There's yeah. three. Oh, well, there's three. three. Yeah, they had they had the OS that controlled the other OSs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the fourth thing of we oh we really love Connect. Oh, also like Connect still doesn't quite run on its own processing power. Yeah. So like it's it's bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. If if what you're talking about is cloud based. Well, I think the cloud is like a head fake. Sure. Yeah, it's but it, if Windows it, if it, 10 for cloud services. What I'm saying yeah. is if it lightens the load, yeah. plus Project Scorpio is already more powerful, yeah. that that frees up a lot yeah. for Xbox I mean, One. The, basically, like Chrome OS works because web apps are good. Yes. For the most I part. I see what you're saying. And so Windows is going to say, you don't need all this processing power and all this like hefty Windows stuff on this these thin clients. It's all in the cloud. Uh, and so that's their that's their move. Instead of talking about like Windows apps and WinRT and blah 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 and going after the iPad, they're talking about cloud to go after Chrome. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my big thing is I don't know if it's now. I don't know if it's the the thing after Scorpio. But I don't think there's a world in which like 
Xbox doesn't become a computer. Right. Like That's, that's what they've just, always wanted. Yeah. yeah. I think for a while everybody thought it was going to just be a streaming puck, like an Apple TV. That was, right. I think, the fantasy of video games. I don't think that's true. Um, you, don't, you think? I mean, no, 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 it's not that. It might have been true if the Apple TV was in any way a successful product. <laughs> and that killed it. I just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I just bought a new fancy LG OLED TV. It's just a stupid idea to put an Apple TV underneath it. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's not 4K. Yep. So that automatically, it's like you buy the Ferrari and then you're like, what if I don't put any gas in it? Yeah. Right. Like that's dumb. Its whole app ecosystem is so messy. Mm-hmm. Like it's just messy. Like I, yeah. There are apps on my Apple TV where I downloaded the first day and I just like looked at them the other day. They're just empty. Mm-hmm. Like people just like the Mashable app. There's like they just forgot. Like whoever was in charge of putting videos in the Mashable app was like, what if I'm, no one's ever noticed this? Yeah. They just like stopped doing. It's it. Sam Sheffer's job, I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a double whammy. <laughs> Sam got out of the penalty box. At Mashable. No, like it's just all that stuff is just it's empty. Like. The whole TV app, the monolithic app, Microsoft has a way better chance of building a computer that they care about that has actual games and thus actual people using its put new software on your TV box functionality yeah. than Apple came anywhere close to with the but Apple doesn't app. But doesn't Microsoft, in order to win, have to be successful enough up against the PlayStation in the console market and be successful up enough up against Steam in like the, I'm going to download games off the internet on a computer department in order for this thing to hit enough critical mass for their long-term strategy to work? Don't they have to like <laughs> slay both dragons in order for this to work? I don't think that's necessarily... True. I, I I see what you mean. Yeah. I think the bigger problem is they came up with a really good business model, which yeah. is a thing they do often. The original Xbox One had some great ideas that were pitched terribly. Yeah. And, and not implemented the, so well either. Yeah. But the, the, the model that they have of like, hey, you're going to buy something once. It'll work on anything you have. That could be a video game console. It could be a phone. Mm-hmm. It could be a computer. That's a really exceptional promise, right? And it, it's really great for them because it locks you in to, like, all those things. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. The problem is you have to get started on it. Like, you have to have a reason to get in. You, you, and if you, don't, if you don't open that door, if there's not – this is where exclusive games come in. This is where Breath of the Wild comes in for the Switch, right? Yeah. You have to have really compelling reasons just to get people's foot in the door and to get them away from PlayStation, yeah. where a lot of them already are. I mean, and, this is what would work for Nintendo if they would get around to – I know it's not fair to say get around to releasing games, but like <laughs> – I'm just saying. <laughs> they have two first-party games coming out in, like, the next two months. Yeah, I know. Three, three. They have Mario Kart, ARMS, and Splatoon. One game a month in the Nintendo Switch story. One one game a month is pretty, I mean. <laughs> no, I meant as a I, yeah. consumer. Yeah. I, yeah it plays a, one game at a time, uh, one game per month. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm hard on Switch, but I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I'm you, bullish. You almost about came around few. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hard on the Switch, but mm, uh. all right. I'm going to read the ad, and then we should okay. talk about Nintendo. <laughs> all right. Are you hiring, Chris? No. 
Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place is not nearly enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. There's no juggling emails or calls to your office. You just quickly screen the candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, Vergecast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com Verge. That's ZipRecruiter.com Verge. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash verge so chris we are talking about nintendo yeah finally do you want me to like give the whole yeah, unlike, unlike microsoft they do everything right <laughs> why can't what is going on i'm really holding myself back on this one um, so nintendo launched the nintendo switch yes i'm giving you this is called context and when they did that they were like they, they brought out reggie who uh, runs into America, like, builds some confidence, and he was like... He does everything. He literally builds all the machines that's himself, true. too. <laughs> Which His bandwidth is, is extremely limited. Pretty incredible. Um, but he was like, hey, uh, remember the, the NES Classic that we uh, released during the holidays and, like, nobody could buy one? We're not going to have that problem for the Nintendo Switch. There are going to be so money. If you want one, you'll be able to get one. That's not entirely true, but, right. like... The market around the Switch isn't so inflated, I would say, to be absurd. Right. Like, you can you can probably find one if you really looked for it, or you could pay a little bit more. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, you get the sense that there are a set number of factories Nintendo works with, yeah. and they all went to the Switch. Yeah. And the NES Classic, which was hard to find uh, before Christmas, it just has remained that way. I think yeah. it's gone on sale a few times, maybe, uh, since then, like, Things actually shipped. Uh, and then today, Nintendo announced that they've decided to discontinue the NES Classic <laughs> Edition, which is amazing because they sell out the second they go on sale. Yeah. Also, and, wait, wait, wait. They have a quote. I have to give this quote okay. because the quote is unbelievable. Here we go. Read uh, it in Mario's voice. This is the, <laughs> you have to read it in Mario's I, voice. I cannot because I will get fired because that's offensive. Also, did you know Mario is in his 20s? What? Really? Yeah. Whoa. I, I, we won't go into that. Hang on. No, How no does he I got to read the quote. That mustache. got to read the quote. Okay. The company released the following statement to The Verge. Throughout April, Nintendo of America territories received the last shipments of Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic Edition systems for this year. We encourage anyone interested in obtaining this system to check with retail outlets regarding availability. We understand that this has been difficult for many consumers to find a system, and for that, we apologize. (laughs) We have paid close attention to consumer feedback, and we greatly appreciate the incredible level of consumer interest and support for this product. We have paid close attention. (laughs) You all want this product. And that's why we've decided <laughs> to cancel it. They wanted but it too much. It's also not hard to make. Yeah, I was just like, just, like you don't need a Nintendo factory to make it. You just like call up anybody. <laughs> it's like, can you put this one board in this one piece of plastic? <laughs> it's it's so good. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what is happening here. 
One of two things. One, there's another version, and it's going to also come out this Christmas. Yeah. And they'll be like, actually, there are three options. One, new version, comes out this Christmas. It has like 30 more games. NES Classic, Special Edition, and they're going to have a ton. And that's why they're stopping now because they're like... Super Nintendo Classic. Well, that's number two. Yeah. Number two is like, we're just going to move right on to the SNES, which I don't know why you do that because like people still want the NES... Get what your it, money, what? and then do the SNES next year. The third option, though, is, and I, this would be the, the most Nintendo option, would be that they're like, we just would rather people focus on the Nintendo Switch. We don't want market confusion. Yeah. We're just, it really is discontinued, and, like, people need to start loving the Switch. Which yeah. I like, the more I think about it, the, the, the more, more likely it, sounds it seems. Yeah. like... A real yeah. possible outcome. The, op- the, the I mean, I, yeah, I think you're right. The, the easy one would be like, go get more money. But I, I could see how in, in, their, in their Nintendo way, they would think we can't have one of these out anywhere near the holidays because we need people going into the store and buying the, and Switch. Buying the Nintendo yeah. Switch. Speaking of very but Nintendo it's, uh, things. April. Well, you yeah. cancel it now because, like, you need to put out this fire. Right. Like, <laughs> they, people keep, I'm sure people are messaging them constantly being like, how do I get this dang thing? Yeah. yeah. They're just DMing Nintendo on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, DMing me and be like, e- video games. <laughs> You're you know a them. store. You must work there, right? Remember when everyone thought Engadget was a store? Mm-hmm. We had, like, people it, still. It was on our about page. Like, we, get, we, we are get, not a store. We get Facebook messages yeah. on Circuit Breaker all the time. You should sell them some shirts. That's yeah, <laughs> not what they're looking for. They're so, looking for this way to feed your pets. <laughs> Speaking of very Nintendo things, yes, I've played a Switch. Battery life is not the best, but I was very excited to read the headline uh-huh. that they are releasing battery packs for the Switch. And yeah. I was like, yes, they're battery packs for the Joy-Con controllers. Okay, this which rule. last twenty hours of pop in theory. I'd never and tested how it. How do you power these battery packs? Uh, I don't know. With AA batteries. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. It's a Game Gear. Why? <laughs> Why? It's on so what, good. On what world is the battery life on the controllers the bigger concern? Yeah. I don't know. Well, okay. Are they imagining, no, 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 no. Are they imagining oh, no, no, that no, these no, no, things no. never get connected and they like sit around like little like old, like sideways NES controllers and the console's like hidden in the cabinet never gets used and people just use them in like their little individual mode all the time, and that's the primary way they I play think games. That's, that's what it. they think like, is happening. It's like, oh, you're just gonna leave it in house mode for the long, like the long term, and then you're just gonna have your like little controllers sitting around. So you can, but, but they're, you th- can th- th- pick it them works up with them detached, right? Like I think you have to have them detached. Yeah. Like so, you, you just have two kind of like baby controllers, baby controllers around. floating around because they think that all we're gonna do is play arms. Yeah, and, I guess. And snip clips. It's not, listen, it's not a good idea. <laughs> but is it an idea? Yes. It is an <laughs> idea. Is that all that counts right now? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> That's, I mean, it, it is, I, I like that Nintendo was like, we have made a piece of hardware that is Maybe the best thing that could ever happen to accessory makers, including ourselves. Yeah. Like, you can remove the controllers. You could, in theory, put on custom controllers. You could sell millions of colors. 
And they were like, got it. So one new color, and uh, I, I've run out of ideas. I don't know, AAA battery chargers? And they're like, no, double A. And they're like, oh, whew. thank goodness somebody cut me. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's put it out. <laughs> I, I mean, I, they... I love Nintendo. I love that. I love that the Switch is selling so absurdly well, and it's like this huge hit in Japan. And that like we're just gonna get more Nintendo forever. Yeah. That like they truly are the Rocky Balboa of video games. <laughs> they just get pulverized, <laughs> and they come back, and you're like, he's like 800. How is he still doing it? And then they're like, don't don't worry about it. And then they make another stupid decision, and then it's just up and down. Hills and valleys, they are the definition of drama. It's very hard to get a Switch. That's all I'm going to say. I've been trying. You you haven't got one yet? I just don't want to do the Craigslist thing. Mm. I don't know why. I've done the Craigslist thing for all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. But here I am. My buddy was like, I pre-ordered it at GameStop. Like, like there was a backlog. They said it'd be a couple of weeks, but then it came in a few days, and it was fine. There all you right. go. I'm just going to get a Switch. It's going to be great. All right, Paul. Mm-hmm. Every week. Always. And forever. <laughs> you will never stop. I do a segment called Guess Who's Got a Birthday Coming Up? <laughs> uh, so I actually hadn't heard of this monitor, but Dell at CES 2016 announced a 4K 30 inch OLED monitor. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember this. And then they couldn't figure out how to build it. <laughs> And at CES 2017, they said it was canceled. And now they just showed up on the internet yeah. and said, we're shipping it in two weeks. The refresh rate is cut in half from the thing they originally announced. Originally, it was going to be 120 hertz. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, I don't really know who this is for. Apparently, some video people like to work with OLED, but like you know, typically OLED can be a little more saturated, so it's not the most color accurate. And then gamers like high refresh rates, but latency on OLED is really, really nice. It's like 0.1 millisecond. Yeah, compared to like a like a one millisecond or five millisecond on a typically like gaming monitor, it's a uh, thirty five hundred dollars. <laughs> Wow. Here's the thing. I just bought a 65-inch OLED 4K TV. It wasn't that expensive. Well, but here's the weird thing. OLED <laughs> yeah, but 4K, are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> Super and happy. Don't OLED 4K TVs have terrible response time for gaming? Yeah. 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 They're not great. Yeah. They're not, like, super great. Yeah. Good luck enjoying Madden. It has one HDMI port labeled game. We're this, just going to see how that goes. This is interesting, though. Yeah. Because, I'm not because even of this claiming, error. by the way, that I have the reflexes necessary to tell the difference. <laughs> okay. Like, my strategy at Madden is, like, I press X a lot. <laughs> press X. <laughs> That's the whole game. Hey, Strat. <laughs> well, Circle makes you spin. Oh, X. So you're playing on PlayStation. Yeah. I thought you were playing on Xbox, and I was like, I don't think that's the button you press. But no, you're right. On PlayStation, it would be an yeah. X. I think it's the B button. I didn't but actually you. I just yeah. did it in my head. After all that PlayStation boosting, you're still also, living in Xbox I didn't boost town. It. You don't you own a PlayStation, Eli. Huh? You don't own a PlayStation. All of my Madden moves are related to the PS2. Uh, In my wow. head, I'm still wow. playing it this on the PS2. It gets more and more complicated <laughs> the further we go. Yeah. Circle makes you spin. That's that's the name of my forthcoming autobiography. <laughs> Circle makes you spin. <laughs> Circle makes you spin. Anyway, mm-hmm. Paul, this mm-hmm. monitor. Yeah. Are you going to get one? No. <laughs> <laughs> but... 
I will have a birthday eventually. Wait. Yeah. I have a question. Do you have G-Sync on your monitor? No. Are you an AMD person? No. You have a G? Yeah, I have yeah, a yeah. 1070 in my computer. And right now I use a Vizio TV as my computer monitor. Interesting. It's not a bad choice. They've got, the But it's only too. like it maxes out 60 frames per second. So I really, really want like a high refresh rate. I, Paul was telling me the other day he's found a number of blogs yeah. dedicated only to high refresh high refresh rate. Monitors. I think like that yeah. should be fifty percent of the stuff we cover on the Ridge Deck. Yeah, so does Paul. G Sync. We should like start doing it. Twenty hundred. Wait, one hundred and twenty hertz. Yeah, one hundred twenty like or one hundred forty four. Some yeah. of the. But the, here's the thing: if you are at a high refresh rate, you don't necessarily need G Sync or FreeSync. What do you think about that? I think I got both. I want to really short lightning round. round. I want to lead the lightning yeah. round. I, I never get to lead the lightning name. round. I'll lightning round, it it's time. Are you ready? Yeah. Paul. Yeah. Samsung is not shipping Bixby with the Galaxy S8 when it launches. <laughs> That's the sound the dog makes. <laughs> <laughs> little legs in the air. <laughs> what? Well, how do I mean, dogs work for you? No, Bixby is oh, a dog. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you're just in your car listening, I just gave Chris the most disgusted look. How dare you not be following my dog with shoes joke? <laughs> I was picturing the dog from Duck Hunt with the way you're motioning, and I was like, uh, the, oh, oh, right. Yeah. Does a dog from Duck Hunt have a name? I bet it does. Dead. <laughs> you shoot at it constantly. Um, but you can't hit the dog. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Dog. In my version, you can. From Duck Hunt. Uh, yeah, I already did Paul. Chris, mm-hmm. Amazon is willing to sell its microphone array to other companies to stick them in their speakers so that you can get the proper echo microphones on other things, not like crappy microphones. Okay. I thought it was the, the software. Is it the software? Is yeah, it it's the like the. I think you still have to source your own microphone parts, but it's like the. Their algorithms for like noise cancellation. Is that even a question for me? Yeah, you're supposed to react oh, to that. It's well, lightning you know, round. It's so complicated. Just say rah rah. Big I'm a dog. Got it. Neilai. The dog from Duck Hunt may or may not be named Mr. Peepers. <laughs> no! <laughs> that has to be like a fake Wikipedia entry. The Wikipedia entry says the dog is sometimes called Laughing Dog, but there's like a really old, there's a lot of not. Necessarily accurate game facts pages for it's known as Mr. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> okay. Anyway, got last you. lightning round is yeah. for you. <laughs> Eco is not buying Vizio, they called it off. Thank god, right? I'm super happy about that. Me too, yeah. yeah. I mean, Eco hasn't been able to do a single thing that wasn't a complete dumpster fire for the past six months, if not longer. Yeah, and well, they held a number of bombastic events. Yeah, they spent a bunch of money that they maybe didn't have, and they promised to build factories and then didn't, and yeah. then sort of did, and then something. So if They're, if the sale had gone through, it would have destroyed Vizio. You know, when you're a kid and you invent things. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about this. No, it's like you know, like my niece and nephew are like, we're going to invent a car that talks, and then like they draw a picture of a car, and you're like, where's all the work? And they're like, no, no, no it just talks. That's like Lego's entire product development 
department. Wow. <laughs> right? Like, the their whole thing disc. is like, we made a self-driving car. Like, how does it work? It's, I just don't get it. It just drives it's itself. Like, it's like I made a slingshot with a Pez dispenser in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That requires some, like, engineering effort. This is like, Lico's whole plan was no, like, they're great ideas. It required duct tape. <laughs> they, made, they made TVs, they made phones, and they made, like, the Netflix of China or whatever. Like, they, and cars. They're, they're a very successful yeah, they, y- company that did a very good job, and then it showed up in America and forgot how to do everything. <laughs> but the stuff it used to make was like commodity stuff. I mean, just their entire, I don't know. But I think the Vergecast listeners know I'm always in fan Vizio. Yeah. They do some good stuff. They're like, they move fast. Their TV doesn't work with YouTube TV yet. That's like a really interesting question. Really angry about on. that. Because Google is supposed to own that cast model. Well, then I Google will say, didn't do their job. Oh, that, Google, that by the way, uh, supports 4K on the Chromecast Ultra. Yep. Doesn't support it in the Google Play Movies app on my 4K TV, which oh. is some hot bullshit. Womp womp. So I think they're trying to randomly push Chromecast sales. Mm. Which is super annoying because the thing costs like forty five dollars. <laughs> like, why are you trying to make forty five extra dollars, Google? Just sell me the movie. Anyway, what were you gonna say, Paul? Uh, I was just gonna say my Vizio TV crashes, and I use it as a computer. Do you have the Smartcast TV or the software? Smartcast. Oh, and it crashes. Yeah, that sucks. And I think it's exactly every twenty four hours. <laughs> if I leave it on for twenty four hours. At the end of that twenty-four hour period, it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> if you like watch like, for like three hours a day after, it's fine. After like eight days, it yeah. crashes. There's like a clock of how long it's allowed to stay on before a crash. Well, I think the only option here is for you to set up an elaborate time lapse rig. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need a, a science. Like, sure, I could watch less TV. <laughs> <laughs> no elaborate time lapse rig. Yeah. yeah, I have some ideas. All right, what's that thing called? The gorilla pod, gorilla mount, hmm? gorilla cam. We're talking about like tripods. Yeah, <laughs> that's your idea. That's your elaborate idea. Tripods. Buy a ten dollar <laughs> tripod. It's been a long week. All right, you try to figure out this weird patent lawsuit. Man. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Circles everywhere. All right, that for better or worse has been our show. Mm. I think, unless Chris has some more stuff. Nope, that's it. Would you say people know now everything they need to know about technology? Yeah. And the everything whole, they wish they knew. The when week they were in younger. tech. You have been updated upon it. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's a weird phrase. Because mm. it implies that, that you're on top of the, a. Tech? And then something bad happened to you. What? I don't know. I don't follow Look, it. Look, now you, need, you know everything you need to know. I'm going to say that everybody should find out more about tech and read the story on our site right now. <laughs> Nintendo doesn't want your money. It wants your soul. Yeah, Nick Stat really fired up about this it's a thing. great headline. Anyway, that was the whole show. It it struggled to a finish, but we got there in the end. Uh, we'll be back next week. There's other shows to listen to. Walt is retiring, as you may or may not know. Walt Mossberg is retiring. So he and I have uh, six-ish episodes left of Control Out Delete. We just did one. We went deep on internet policy, which was pretty fun. So listen to that. Lauren Good hosts Too Embarrassed to Ask, which is super good. Um, with an E. Think about it. Uh, Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media and Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode. They're all excellent. They're all on iTunes. Go find them, rate them, review them. You can tweet at us. You can particularly tweet at Chris about games-related issues. <laughs> you're, you're straining yourself so much right now. <laughs> and the 
controversy that he courts regarding them. He, he's at plant. With an E. <laughs> With an E. The Interesting. Other person French at Canadian. I wonder yeah. what company might uh, enjoy that. Paul is uh, <laughs> Mr. Peepers. <laughs> Paul is at Future Paul. Dieter is at Backlon. I'm at Reckless. Talk to us. We love it. Oh, there's some stuff on Verge Extras that I need to mention. Lauren Grush and uh, Ale Potenza, our science editor, interviewed Mark and Scott Kelly. Oh, what? Which is super cool. You should listen to that. Um, it's actually really funny because Mark and Scott Kelly were like doing, they were, they were on a promo tour for the watch brand they wear, and they just forgot to talk about it. So at the end, they're like, hang on, buy this watch. That's hilarious. Uh, Brian Bishop moderated a panel on a movie called The Tension Experience at South by Southwest. It's also an extras. We're doing some experiments. So Walt's show is winding down. We want to make sure we have podcasts in the world. So you're going to see us do experiments, formats, segments. We'll run some on this show. Let us know what you like. We want to make sure we have a full stable of stuff. So you'll see more of that stuff. Do let us know what you like and what you don't like. We'll turn whatever is good and popular into shows. So keep an eye out for that stuff. And that's it. We will see you next week. Rock and roll. Paul. Paul. Mr. Peepers. Mr. Peepers. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>